3: Hey, Joe. 560 The Joe Radio Rewind Running back some of the best You've heard here on 560 Over the past 24 hours Where you at? I am Dan Day On social media At Dan Day Radio That's Twitter Instagram Facebook I've been playing around On Instagram a lot Late at night When I get home from Doing what I gotta do Which is usually Hosting trivia I Host trivia nights Around South Florida Tonight it's Duffy's In Plantation Won't you join me At Dan Day Radio For all the social media I can answer everything On the way The Joe Rose Show Gonna get answers From soon-to-be Hall of Fame coach Bill Cowher, Greeny Show, talking with New York City's own radio announcer Chris Canty about the Knicks debacle, that Hawk and Crowder. I'm going to touch on Pat Riley and what was the debacle around the heat. Right now, let's touch them all with some headlines. The returns of Corey Dickerson, Jazz Chisholm, Jesus Aguilar, and Starlin Marte were not enough as the Marlins were walked off by the Blue Jays last night 6-5. The Fish play the Pirates tonight at 7. Former Canes QB Quinn Dorsey and O-lineman Bryant McKinney along with coach Larry Coker are on the College Football Hall of Fame ballot. Inductees should be announced in early 2022. Last night, the Hawks ended the Knicks' season, winning 103-89. The Jazz finished off the Grizzlies with a 126-110 win. The 76ers ended their series with the Wizards, downing them 129-112. And Dallas took a 3-2 series lead, defeating the Clippers 105-100. In the NBA Playoffs tonight, the Blazers try to stave off elimination against the Nuggets at 8, while the Suns look to end the Lakers' season when they face off at 10. Former quarterback and NFL analyst Chris Sims lists Tua Tagovailoa as his 34th best QB in the league. Is expected to start for Miami game one when they face New England September 12th. The MLS is taking the week off for international play. Inter Miami's Rudolfo Pizarro will play for the Mexican national team. Tonight's NHL playoffs features Bruins Islanders at 7 30. The series is tied at 1. Then the Hurricanes versus the Lightning at 10 with Tampa up 2 0. Top ranked women's player Ash Barty has withdrawn from the French Open after suffering a thigh injury. Barty won the event in 2019. And now, Let's go ahead and take a step into the day spa. (sighs) A New York driver put a face mask on the passenger seat to make it look like a human in order to ride in the HOF lane. I should have just done what Larry David did and hired a hooker. With cicada invasion pending, experts are saying do not eat them if you have a seafood allergy. Who is really thinking of eating cicadas? A Maryland county recently threw a birthday bash for 100-year-old twins. Woo! Bet that was a wild one. A Florida woman took to Instagram to tell followers that she was thrown off of Twitter for being too sexy. Mmm, my hot mess of the day. A woman says her husband eats all the food in the house all the time and it's ruining their relationship. Yeah, I can see that. A pregnant woman was surprised when her neighbor claimed she would report her to apartment management for puking too loudly. Man, she could have just asked her to keep the puking volume down. Joe Rose, in the morning, he's not keeping it down. He is holding you up from 6 to 10. Earlier today, joined by former Steelers head coach and soon-to-be Hall of Famer, Bill Cowher. Talking about that Hall of Fame. Also, he's not mad at Belichick for Spygate. And then some Tua talk.
4: Hey, hey, Bill, and and thanks for being on with us. I got to tell you, the coolest thing, before we get to all the different things, the Hall of Fame surprise uh, while you're doing your show. And then there, there's big David Baker showing up, man. What was that like? And were you that's didn't anybody kind of you're telling me all those guys you work with Boomer can't keep a secret. You know that. Did you get a feel something was going on or you were really ambushed on that?
5: No, I really was. Matter of fact, I knew the vote had taken place on the prior Thursday. And I was trying to get some information as to how the uh, vote went. I couldn't get any response. I didn't hear anything by Saturday morning. The matter of fact, that that morning I was getting ready to go into the studio. We had to show that night. I told my wife, I don't think I'm getting in. But i'm fine with it i'm okay with it and i kind of put it to peace and i just said you know I, i'm great i'm ready to move on i go into the production meeting and no one even mentions it to me so now i'm thinking for sure i didn't go in because Jeez. they're trying to give me that respectful space they don't ask me to get me upset and i go out and i don't think they told anybody actually because they know that nobody could keep a secret in there even with my family <laughs> And I think they pulled Phil away, I mean, like, right before on, a, on the break, and he had to go out, and he was talking to, to to Sean McManus, and we came back in, and I just I turn around, and we're talking about trying to do an eye vision, and here comes David Baker out, out of a, behind a wall. And I'm like, wow, what is he doing here? And I just totally... <laughs> That's you know, cool. I said, this is now you're supposed to be knocking on doors, not coming from behind walls. And so it just is, um, it was very, very shocking and uh, very, very humbling to see. My wife was there, my daughter was there. And even to this day, I will always remember that evening. You, you,
4: you've you, had so much in the news. Uh, we got to get while I'm on a boomer roll. Boomer got it stirred <laughs> up last year and he's going, hey, uh, by the way, Bill Cowher, So, you know, because you guys work together and boomer's on the radio, I'm thinking, I wonder if coach really thinking about coming back and being the head coach of the jets if that wasn't true what did you say to boomer stop please or how'd you handle that or were you close I said, you
5: know and i was kidding with boomer like we we're talking about you know the jobs gonna be open i said well, it's not a bad job you're going to have a good draft pick i said i i love joe douglas and you know and what and what kind of number would it take to get back so i just Arbitrarily threw a number out there. <laughs> <laughs> and, I show, and I said, Boom, I'm just kidding. I said, just kidding. I said, I never coached. Money was not my reason for going back to coaching. He goes, Oh, you really want to come back? I go, I just said, it's not a bad job. And so if we're leaving this job. I go, boomer, don't run with it. Don't do it. And he I said, okay. I said, you can do what you want to say, what you want to say. And the next morning, my phone's blowing up, and they're telling me that, hey, you're going to get back into it. I, I had coaches call me. Hey, coach, I'm looking for a job. I'm like, dude, look at it." I got everybody in the world i will call me looking for a job, a job that I don't even, I don't even have. And I don't even want.
0: That's that's funny. You can't it's tell Boomer or anything right? like that, yeah, especially throwing right. out a number. But Boom's going to go on with that. <laughs> all right, so I want to talk a little bit about the book and just about your career in general. We were talking this morning about head coaches in the NFL. And we, brought, we brought up Don Shula, and we were just bringing up Bill Belichick. And then all of a sudden, I, say, I look at Joe, I'm like, Joe, you want to talk about a franchise that has it together? Pittsburgh. Since 1969, it's you, Tomlin, and Chuck Knoll. Like, that's, that's incredible. Yeah. In today's day and age where a guy, after one year, could have a bad season and get fired, three coaches in all those years, I mean, talk about that a little bit and, and that team, that franchise and the ownership and just the fact three coaches since 1969.
5: You know, what's really interesting, too, about that is the fact that all of us were really hired right in that same age of around 34 years old, 34, 35 and I think when you look at the franchise, it started with the Chiefs to Dan Rooney, to today Art Rooney, that family. It's a family-run uh, football team. And when you think about family, you think about, you know, having stability and, and understanding the ups and downs that go with things. And so, you know, I think it starts at the very top. Um, it starts when you walk into that building there's a sense of pride, there's a sense of expectation, and there's a level of uh, commitment that you have to make to to that city. And it starts with that that football team, what that team did. Back in 69, what Chuck did in turning around our city and revitalizing it, going through a tough era, the steel mills were shutting down, and people identified with the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I think that even to this day, that blue-collar mentality is what you think about when you think about Pittsburgh. And I know there's a few times it it was interesting with Danny. Mr. Rooney called and pulled me in. He goes, "Listen, I think we're throwing the ball a little bit too much to be a Steeler team." I go, "Okay, you're right. We got to get back to running the football." <laughs> okay, so I mean, so I mean, it this goes back to being blue collar, and and again, this all starts with the Rooney family and the stability that they have that they had, and you know, they understand what the National Football League was all about, and uh, you know, it's, so it was a very, I was very blessed, and I think all of us would say the same thing. Uh, those three coaches, that uh, there's no better job in the National Football League because um, it starts at the very top.
4: Bill, for people that aren't familiar with it, you lost to the Patriots twice in AFC Championship games, and um, there was a lot of stuff came out about the spy Spygate. Some of your former players, some of your really good players, thought that they had a pretty good idea what you were doing. But you came out and you said you you never blamed Belichick for, for going trying to get a competitive edge. A lot of people over the last few days are going, "Wow, I can't believe Coach Cower wasn't more upset if you're playing by the rules and he's going over the top." Can you just talk about that a little bit? I know you, you've talked about it on some other shows.
5: Yeah, I, I, and I think you know, I, I know I made the one statement: if it's not cheating, if you get caught, and I did, you know, I, I don't, it doesn't sound great. But the, the bottom line is, think about this: if you're holding, offensive linemen's holding, that's cheating, right? And if you call penalty, that's why we have referees out there, because people are always trying to get that competitive edge. As far as uh, stealing signals and signs that you, uh, now it's not even relevant because we can talk to people in their helmets. But back then you had to signal in defenses. You had, we can only talk to the quarterback. So if, if they were able to get our signals, I don't blame them. I blame us for, for allowing them to be able to do that. We should have been a better job. We had systems in place that we, you know, we could try to make sure that we don't get caught up in giving the easy signal. Then you have, to, you have to give hard signals because you knew people were watching you. So, you know, that, again, I go back to and the bottom line is, okay, they knew what we were playing. Let's execute. A lot of times it's it's third and one. They know we're going to run the football. They know we're going to run behind Alan Fanica. Well, you know what? A lot of people knew that, but we were still able to do it. So, I mean, sometimes you still have to be able to stop people, even if they know what you're doing. You know, and so I, and I, I, again, I go back to me, it was about more about execution, not about them having it, they they stole your, they knew what you were doing. Well, you know what, if they knew what we were doing, that's not on them, that's on us. We need to do a better job of making sure they didn't know. Does Belichick get a bad rap from not just
0: media guys, but from uh, maybe former players and all that because of that, because of kind of Spygate and stuff like that? Does he just get a bad rap around everybody for that?
5: I don't know if it's a bad rap. I mean, I think, listen, I mean, it, it, it came out, they were fined, you know, and they were caught doing what they were doing. It was de- definitely against the rules, how they did it. Um, there are other ways that people were trying to do the same thing like we were, but we, we didn't We didn't video anybody. Um, and, but at the same time, you know, I, I, I don't look at him as a bad. I think his, his record speaks for itself. I, I have so much respect for Bill because, number one, um, he's done it year in, year out with different systems. Um, he's he holds people accountable. he's not afraid to make tough decisions. And, and, and the results speak for themselves. He's old school coach. He respects the game. and I respect him because of that and his approach to the game. So you know I, I, him and I go back we 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 were we were competitors, we were adversaries. we were friends before that. but at the same time we I've been in the league a long time as as, as he's been, and um, there's some still I think some really solid fundamental things that he does in the game that I think, are very special.
4: Coach, uh, can you put your new Sunday cap on there in that studio? Uh, I want to ask you about the Miami Dolphins building and going forward with, with Tua Tungavailoa, who's been a hot topic uh, this whole offseason. What are your thoughts uh, second year for Lefty?
5: Uh, again, I think they're continuing to put weapons around him. I think he'll get comfortable in a system. Um, they'll do what he does best. And again, it's it's hard, you know, if you come into the National Football League, you, it's hard to simulate game speed. It's hard to simulate what happens on Sundays, uh, in practice. And so there's nothing like experience. And so I think the fact that you know Brian Flores, I'm a big uh, fan of his and what he's done and what he's built on there, for the standpoint of defense and, and and his attempt to get the running game going to, to complement Tua, that's a big. I to me it needs to be a big part of it. But I think the Miami, Miami Dolphins are in great hands of Brian Flores. Yeah.
4: Hey, uh, Coach, and, and speaking of tying right into your book, because it was really fun with all the characters. My God, just reading it last night, all the different char- characters, including a guy, Joey Porter, who we had down here. So when you were talking about him, I was going, yep, I got to see that up close. That was an, always an entertaining show. But you talked about a lot of different things. I thought it was really interesting. One thing, and you talked about part of the success, was your relationship with the general manager Ben. being – on the same page can you talk about that a little bit
5: yeah i mean i think you know you have to have collaboration in a building you have to have transparency in a building you have to be able to understand the culture that's in a building i think that's probably one of the first things i've said to any new young head coach going into to a new team is understand the building dynamics and make sure that you have open communication and that you have collaboration with everybody because everybody has to be on the same page because if you if you're if you start to have a little bit of attention inside the building, it's just going to be magnified outside the building. So, you know, I think that's the biggest thing. And my takeaway is just that the transparency, collaboration, just open lines of communication are so, so vital because, you know what, it's it, it's hard enough to beat the opponents as opposed to having having a, a struggle within the, within your own team. So, um, you know, I think it's documented in the book. And, you know, like I said, I think the last thing I'll say about the book, you know, I, as I got with Michael Hawley, I did not want to write just a football book. I wanted to write a book that was about football, family, and one's life journey of lessons learned. And I hope anybody has a chance to walk away from it. Again, it's got some good football analogies, as you made reference to, but there's a lot of life analogies in there as well. Heart and Steel A lot available. of good stuff. Coach, I right, like that right. look
4: you had, though, being one of those guys. You used to wear my hair like that, too. I love all those old pictures, man. <laughs> <laughs>
5: I love those old yeah, that's pictures. What I used that's what I used to have here. Yeah, you got
4: it. Always good oh, stuff. Coach, thank you so much. Heart and Steel with Bill Cower. Uh Really appreciate you spending some time with us, Coach. Thank you. Thanks, Coach.
3: Thanks, guys. Be careful. Bill Cower knows what he's talking about. Getting excited about this football season. Even though it's months away, it's going to be a good one. We're going to carry every second of it right here on the flagship station for the Miami Dolphins. 790 the ticket. Right after the Joe Rose Show, you get some greenie.
6: The Hawk star player, Trey Young, played a lot better than the Knicks star player in Julius Randle. It's hard to win games when your star player is shooting less than 30% for the series.
3: Fallout from the Knicks. Disappointment. That is next here on 560 The Joe Radio Rewind big dreams big dreams 560 the joe radio rewind running back some of the best you've heard here on 560 over the past 24 hours how you doing i am dan day the coffee machine here at the radio station is broken so i'm dragging a little bit but you know what i'm getting energized as i'm hearing all these great audio all these great sports takes and all this great sports city yeah that is what i'm talking about fired up right now to hear Greeny talking about a great sports city that had a great sports season, had a great sports basketball team, but not a great finish. Greeny talking with Chris Canty about the Knicks' disappointment. Trey Young just being better than Julius Randle and A.D. needs to play.
0: Trey Young, right in Spike Lee's face, hit the three. After he made that last three-pointer over Bullock, he took a bow.
2: I know where we are, a bunch of shows around this city, and I know what, what they do when the show is over, so... That's Trey Young taking a bow on Broadway last night as the Hawks send the New York Knicks home in Game 5, 92.9. The game in Atlanta, the call for the play-by-play, and Chris Canty is in my studio with me here. And for those of you, you know that Chris Canty obviously played in the NFL all those years, but also hosts mornings on 98.7 ESPN in New York City. And so you know this Knick team as well as anybody. What is your first reaction to the way this series went and finished up last night?
6: Well, it was disappointing just after what you heard from Clint Capella in Game 4 and talking cash money and saying that, yeah, you know, we're going to push you around. We're going to come to MSG, push you around. There's nothing you're going to do about it, and we're going to send you on vacation. You thought you would get a more spirited effort throughout the game from the Knicks. I thought the compete level was there in the first half, not so much in the second half. So from that perspective, I think it's a little bit of a disappointment. But the season on a whole for the Knicks is wildly successful. I don't think there's any other way to look at it.
2: Well, I want to ask you to give me some straight talk. Brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise. Because you played sports at the highest level, and I, of course, did not. But it seems to me that it is one thing to have what? What's the phrase you just used? Did they have that? The 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 Knicks in the first half they had C- the, compete level the compete level. Yep. When the other team is just better than you, when the other guy is just better than you, I have to believe somewhere that ability to compete, to summon up whatever that is, starts to, I don't know, to fade, uh, you know, to to sort of to, to whistle away a little bit and The one thing that was just made abundantly clear to me as one who has watched the game all my life and been a Knicks fan all my life is there was just no question which was the better team in this series. And no matter how hard you competed, that wasn't going to change.
6: Yeah, and I think in that second half last night, the Knicks realized that it didn't matter that you had all the energy from the fans being back in the garden. Over the course of the series, I think the Knicks realized that they don't have any answers that were good enough in order to be able to close the talent gap between where they're at and the Atlanta Hawks. That's the realization of it. And the fact of the matter is, the Hawk star player, Trey Young, played a lot better than the Knicks star player in Julius Randle. It's hard to win games when your star player is shooting less
2: than 30% for the series. You just can't do it. Let's just say this, because this is the obvious reality. Trey Young played better than Julius Randle, because Trey Young is an NBA superstar waiting to happen, and Julius Randle is not. Whenever it is that the New York Knicks wind up being a championship team, Julius Randle is not going to be the best player on that team. He may not even be the second best player on an NBA championship team. Trey Young is a different level of star. Julius Randle had a wonderful season. The city Loves him. God bless him. He deserved most improved player, and he's a terrific NBA player, a good guy to have on your team. Trey Young is a different level of player.
6: No, you're absolutely right, Greeny. And the results of this series, what that does for the front office is it keeps them from romanticizing what this team is. Mm-hmm. It keeps them from giving in fantasy land, thinking that they are closer to competing for a championship than they actually really are. I was watching the game last night, and in that second half, I was thinking, well, at least the Knicks won't end up like the Jets did in 2016. The Jets fooled themselves in, after the 2015 season thinking that they were closer than they were having a double-digit win season, and then you saw they fell flat on their faces the following year. I, I think with this Knicks team, because they have so many impending free agents, because they have the cap space, because they have the draft picks, I think they're in position to be able to upgrade this roster significantly, and I have no doubt in my mind that's what Leon Rose and World Wide West are going to do this offseason.
2: Greeny and, and Chris Canty is in my studio with me here. How good was Trey Young in this series? Well, let me read you some names this is the company that he kept players in NBA history to average 30 points a game as a visiting player at the garden in a playoff series. Okay. So visiting players to average 30 at the garden in a playoff series. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar did it in 1970. Michael Jordan did it in 1993, and Trey Young did it over the course of the last two weeks. Now, granted, the Knicks have played so few playoff series in the last 20 years, that number is to some degree skewed, but it is still a stat that goes back 50 years, and that's what Trey Young did over the course of these last five games. Yeah, that's impressive
6: company that Trey Young is keeping, and to think that this is his first foray into the postseason and being able to perform at that level— that's impressive to me. I mean, last night wasn't a great shooting night for Trey Young, but you saw his ability to impact the game, being able to control the tempo, control the pace, and distribute the basketball. And then in the fourth quarter, he found ways to score, being able to get to the free throw line, ends up looking at the box score, and you got 36 points from him.
2: Well, look, 18 of them in the fourth. And, and, and here's the thing. People are going to compare him to Steph Curry for a variety of somewhat obvious reasons. They're both undersized. They both have, extro- I mean, un- unimaginable range, like historical uh, kind of range. But what he is, he's much more of a true playmaker. Like Steph Curry is sort of a two that plays the one where he's the best shooter of all time. This is not meant to be. What I'm saying is Trey Young with the ball in his hands is dangerous to do anything. He's kind of more like Luca to me. He's like a little Luca more than he is like Steph Curry. Luca had 42 points and 14 assists last night. That, I think, is what Trey Young is capable of being.
6: No, you're absolutely right. I don't think that Trey Young is going to ascend to being an impact player like we're seeing from Luca early in his career, but I do think Trey Young is going to be a really, really good player and a premier point guard for a long, long time and it's because of the reasons that you just spelled out like his ability to be able to get into the paint and do damage being able to throw that little floater shot up there or being able to kick it out to open shooters i just think there's an element of playmaking that's there in his game that you don't necessarily see from steph on a night in night out basis now, i'm Greening.
2: we're with you presented by progressive insurance progressives home quote explorer gives you multiple quote options so you can pick what's right for you see for yourself at progressive.com one other thing i want to ask you about chris because i'm just fascinated by the psychology of all of this stuff for a kid trey young he's 22 years old he walks into the garden in his first ever playoff series and he is so willing to be the villain like he loves it jalen brought this up on tv with us this morning The, the biggest difference between steph curry and uh, Trey Young is that Steph Curry is beloved. I mean, everywhere he goes at the Garden, if he scores fifty, the crowd is cheering for him. Now, it hasn't happened in a playoff series, and ma- that might feel different. But what does it say about a player as young as he is in his first postseason experience that he is this willing to take on the crowds and shoulder that the way that he did? I think it speaks to his mental toughness, Greeny. I mean, you're not going to
6: see too many young players roll into MSG and have that kind of a performance when you're talking about postseason basketball. The postseason is a different animal altogether, and for Trey Young to not be overwhelmed by the magnitude of the moment, I think that speaks to how mentally tough this guy really, really is, and if you're the Atlanta Hawks, this is the kind of player that you want to continue to build around. Credit to their front office. I think they did a great job of putting complementary pieces around him, getting a lot of length, a lot of size and athleticism around him to try to protect him, especially on the defensive end of the court, but they also have guys that can be shot makers, so I just think that Trey Young is in an ideal
2: situation, and you're only going to continue to see him ascend from here and look I mean after the bizarre nature of this NBA regular season in general and then in particular in Atlanta they made a coaching change on March 1st from that point forward the Hawks have the same record as the Sixers do that's who they now play in the next round I give them a real chance to win that series and make it to the conference final let me ask you one more thing again as a guy who played football in your career which is I mean, the top, the level of toughness required is beyond my ability to even comprehend. Anthony Davis is in his ninth season as an NBA player. He has already logged 154 career DNP's. That's 20 percent of all the games he's ever played. He's got the groin now and all of that. Is it fair to criticize him for not being available to his team? during these, the most important games of their season?
6: Yeah, I think it's fair. The best ability is availability, and the Lakers traded for him, and they're they're giving him this contract extension because they feel like he's going to be that guy that can complement LeBron James in the here and now, and he can be that guy to lead the franchise moving forward. And you got to be out there on the court in the most meaningful games. And the fact that he's not available... It's not a good thing. You got people questioning how hard he works in the offseason. You got Charles Barkley calling him street clothes. Like, that's that's not what you're looking for for somebody that's being touted as the best big man in all of basketball. So, yeah, I think it's fair to criticize Anthony Davis. I'm a Lakers fan, and I hate the fact that you're talking about him not being available in Game 5 and not Game 6.
2: Street clothes is the funniest thing. Charles says funny things all the time, and that is one of the funniest things I've ever heard him say. We used to have an expression on my old show, Mike and Mike, the funny outweighs the mean. So it's mean-spirited, and I don't know if it's fair or not, but it's hilarious, right? It it is. Street clothes is hilarious. Unbelievable. But Anthony Davis has got to do something to shake that nickname. He's got to hear it, right? He's got to to be aware that it's out there. We'll see what he does. Anyway, Chris Canty in New York. You hear him every single morning here on, on, uh, on our station, ESPN Radio in New York City, and you see With me on TV as often as I can possibly get him. It's great to have you as always. Thank you, my man.
6: Thanks for having me on.
3: Playoffs tonight. I'm a Portland fan. Of course, I'm a Pelicans fan. I'm a Heat fan, but Portland, one of my teams when I was growing up, loved Clyde, the Glide, Drexler. So I'm going to be with bated breath seeing if Portland can stay alive. You know, Damian Lillard's going to ball out because that's what he does. Speaking of balling out, Hawk and Crowder.
7: It has to be a failure. This is a failure. I think I would put it on Oladipo.
3: Heat blame game on the way here on 560 The Joe Radio Rewind. Mm.
7: Busted flat in Baton Rouge Waiting for a train On us feeling near as faded as my jeans.
3: 560 The Joe, Radio Rewind Running back some of the best you've heard so here so on 560 so over the past 24 hours How you doing? I am Dan Day on social media at Dan Day Radio Twitter, Instagram, Facebook A little bit of uh, Janice Joplin for you. Me and Bobby McGee I've been busted flat in Baton Rouge plenty of times in my life Went to LSU after all Come on, worked in Louisiana, New Orleans, Baton Rouge, Busted flat in Baton Rouge. Well, I'm not going to touch that one. Just going to say happy to be here in South Florida and happy that Hawk and Crowder are back in the building weekdays from 2 to 6. When they're not on the air, we are joking around every single day. And they're, when they're on the air, they're joking around too, just not directly with me. They're joking around with you. So why not joke around with them right now? Hawk and Crowder talking about Will Pat Riley blame Victor Oladipo why kawaii but getting things started with a little music the opening theme music for the show from art god savvy
1: this is the hawk crowder show i lotion my uncle's yeah, ankles yeah, one yeah, time yeah. did you the term pancake was copyrighted my,
7: or
0: something i need my fix Monday from friday to two to the six hotman and crowder out tune in the bits competition going super intense both stations man i can't switch crowder don't quit hotman i'm wrong Com. Shout out to Lana for bringing it strong And everyone else that they bring though it though along locked in, I'm locked in To the Hawkman and Carter show Boxed in with no options I still find a way to get my daily dose I'm on a mission for jokes I'm tuning in on the road I pull it up on my phone I pull it up while at home Alexa like, leave me alone uh, play, Hockman and Crowder show. I've had
6: enough of you,
0: boneless? Oh no, that's a though. i huh? Venus Williams here. Venus, what's up? I'm
1: buttoning your shirt, Tom. That da da
5: ya, ya ya, ya da, da, da da da
1: All right, let's go. Hmm, let's go. Today on the show, we've got a loaded potato, regardless. But uh, today on the show. We have been made aware earlier this morning. Pat Riley is going to have his season-ending press conference. He gonna snap. Sometimes he snaps. We've seen it before. He gotta snap, right? Sometimes he snaps, right? When when uh, when it was uh, LeBron and uh, he knew that yep. LeBron was on the way out. I mean, we still talk about that to this day. Hidden agendas. Yes,
7: right? yes. If you're too, if you're tough enough, that's where the whole yeah. If you have the guts. That's where that came uh, from, right? There it is. Yeah.
1: Pat Riley's going to have his press conference 3 o'clock. We are going to air it live. So you will hear it on both these radio stations. You're listening to us on 790 and 560. You will hear it on both radio stations. I remember last year the end-of-season press conference got delayed. I think this one is over Zoom again as well. Um, But last year's got delayed. There were some technical glitches. It got pushed uh, back and... But uh, I'm guessing it goes off without a hitch. So you know, three o'clock is when it's called for. Maybe three, three o five, and uh, and we will air it live. And uh, you know, I always say, Pat Riley, if if nothing else, he's entertaining to listen to. And like you said, you know, he can't be happy about what transpired this season. There's no chance. But, he's gonna go crazy. But uh, well, I you know, I wonder. He got to. I wonder in what way though. We got swept. But what? But what will he say? He' just,
7: I don't know if you criticize himself or spo, but like this is this was a failure of a season. We've been right. asking people how do you characterize this season? It has to be a failure. This is a failure.
1: I think I would put it on Ola I'm not even kidding. i I would say we thought that we made the acquisition at the trade deadline that would have put us over the hump. We saw what we had. We made a you know, a, an educated decision. And uh, and obviously we we didn't you know we weren't work out. availed of his services throughout his tenure. So that that's I, I think you're going to hear something like that. Yeah. You know, there's this thought now, and we'll hear. I'm, I'm sure he'll be asked. Um, although it would be tampering, so he really can't be asked about Kawhi. <laughs> if he was, he's not going to answer. But there's this thought. I mean, you saw it, Laker, the uh, Clippers lost last night, yeah. and we've been saying root for Dallas because. And I was reading this article. By Ira Winderman in the Sun Sentinel this morning, and he actually wrote it a few days ago, but it was about Kawhi, potentially to the Heat. I'm going to read you some of it. The problem with a postseason that careens into an offseason sooner than expected is that rational thought tends to leave the building. So before there's even a logical exhale... There's hyperventilating. Now, this is a few days ago. I think the hyperventilating is ramping up now because the Clippers are on the precipice of being bounced in the first round. And then Ira writes, particularly when worlds are colliding, which has created an intersection of bluster and ballyhoo. Great sentence. Mm -hmm. Bluster and ballyhoo. When it (laughs) comes to... Ballyhoo's a fishing bait. Ballyhoo is is, uh, from um, uh, Goodwill Hunt. You know, when he sees the... uh, When he he goes to see the the first professor, it's it's played by George Plimpton, who you wouldn't know. But he goes, ( lifespanuates) The Ballyhoo. It, it, I'm telling you, Ballyhoo <laughs> no. is prominently featured in Goodwill Hunting. No, Hawk. Ballyhoo is featured in fishing. It's a fish
7: that you troll with and you rig them up for a sailfish dolphin. I don't give a damn what you say.
1: The Ballyhoo fish was there before Goodwill Hunting. So, Ira writes, which has created an intersection of bluster and Ballyhoo when it comes to the Miami Heat, the Los Angeles Clippers, and Kawhi Leonard. Yes, the Heat appear to be at a crossroads after a week of schooling from the Milwaukee Bucks yes, the Clippers are playing at an unexpected playoff deficit. And that was written at, I think, 2-1, and now it's 3-2 in their series against Dallas. And Ira writes, and yes, the next person who claims to have a definitive read on what uh, Kawhi Leonard might do when it comes to free agency might as well be the first. The facts are this. Leonard, who jumped to the Clippers in the immediate wake of winning the 2019 NBA championship with the Raptors, has the right to become a free agent in the offseason. It would mean bypassing a $36 million player option for next season. As for the Heat, even if they were to cut their roster to the bone beyond Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo, their salary cap space this offseason would max out in the $28 million range. Plus, it's not as if they outperformed the Clippers this season, and the driving distance for practices and games would seem prohibitive from Leonard's preferred residence in San Diego. That's a tough commute every day. I'm not, you know, I go, I drive down here from Boca. Yeah. Tough commute. San Diego. I mean, that's... <laughs> to, to L.A. Huh, yeah, man? that's, that's something. No, no, no. San Diego to here. Oh, is, is oh something, goodness gracious. You know gracious. what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Like San Diego to Miami I, every day. I would say Kawhi can
7: afford a little apartment in Hialeah, maybe.
1: Um, Yeah, I, I want to afford a little apartment in Hialeah. <laughs> and yet... Uh, Still the speculation, Ira says. At the NBA trading deadline, ESPN's Brian Windhorst noted that the Heat's move for Victor Oladipo's expiring contract possibly left the door open for an offseason move for Kawhi Leonard. Then, this past week, Stephen A. Smith ranted Kawhi Leonard might come there because undercover-wise, his relationship with Jimmy Butler is pretty damn good. There was also more from David Jacoby of ESPN's Jalen and Jacoby who offered, I see what's happening to the Clippers, I see what's happening to the Heat, and I see change. I see Pat Riley on the phone, and you know who he's calling? He's calling Kawhi Leonard. He's on the phone, and he's going to bring Kawhi Leonard to South Beach. Everybody says, oh, Kawhi Leonard wants to live in Southern California. What else is nice? Southern Florida. I see the Clippers losing in round one. The Heat lost in round one. Both of those teams trying to make some change. I see Kawhi Leonard to the Heat this offseason tell me I'm wrong. Okay, that's from Jacoby on ESPN. Then Ira writes, of course, there's also been ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski noting, I think Kawhi is staying with the Clippers. He hasn't said that publicly, probably won't until the day he signs his contract. I don't sense. I know there's been some mention of Miami maybe being a sleeper for him. I think he's where he wants to be geographically. I think he's gotten along very well in the organization with management and with ownership. So in other words, Ira writes, a lot of words about someone who barely utters any to anyone. And then he goes on. You can read the column at sunsentinel.com. You can follow Ira Winderman on Twitter and see all his work there. But... There is going to be a heightened conversation about this if the Clippers do indeed get bounced out by Dallas. And I'm not saying that they will, although watching Luka last night, I don't see how they do- <laughs> like, Oh, like He was I, hurt, I, right? I, I, he was, his shoulder was hurt, bad. <laughs> <Come> <laughs> on. like I, I don't see how the Clippers come back and win this. So I do think that there's going to be the end of the first round of the NBA playoffs and the Heat are gone in the first round, swept and they've got Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo. And the Clippers are gone in the first round. Not swept, but let's say they're gone in the first round. It's been a, a I mean, it's been a failure with Kawhi Leonard there. For right? Sure. Goes there from Toronto. It's been a failure. There was the thought that they were going to be the team to beat in the West, and they weren't. And it was the Lakers who won the finals last season. Um, so it'll be interesting. But I think, uh, you know. I, I, again, Pat Riley won't comment on it today because that would be tampering. But that's going to be an underlying theme of the off season. So keep and, rooting for Dallas.
7: And I think the Heat are, are have a leg up as well because Kawhi saw what happened with Paul George and Jimmy Butler is the opposite of Paul George. Paul George is Hollywood. Paul you know what I'm saying? He's he's the, he's 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 a, he's, a, he's a big time name. He likes and that he likes, he likes to be the attention. Out. Jimmy wants to sit there and win basketball games. Bam's the same way. Yep. We, it's not going to be great in the media because think about it. Kawhi, Jimmy, and Bam are your guys you have to interview after every game. They're not going to give you anything, but that would be good basketball. Kawhi, we, bro, we talked about this three, four years ago. Kawhi would fit the culture perfectly. I think so. Perfectly. I think so. Strong defense. Just Do grind. your job. Grind. Let's just win. The grind of it. Yep. Bro, I love Kawhi here. And Jimmy, Dwayne Wade brought LeBron and Chris Bosh here. We all know that. The story's, the story's already written. Jimmy can
1: bring Kawhi here. And and Dwayne Wade brought Jimmy Butler here, too. Yes. For all intents and purposes, brought Jimmy Butler here as well. And now, Jimmy, you're right, as the, the, the torchbearer from D. Wade can now bring in the next superstar. And that, Could happen. It, no,
7: I think it will happen. I want it to happen. Could happen. I want I, it to happen,
1: too. I don't know if it will happen. I don't think it will happen. You I'm you being think, honest. Really? Yeah.
7: I'm going to buy a Donkish jersey tonight. And put tape on my shoulder. Come on, man. Let's let's win it. Tell you Ka- what, Kawhi can't sit. There. Him and Paul George are failure. Two Bye. years in a row now. That's not going to work. And they all see it. Paul George sees it. Kawhi sees it. The whole. Cl- What's the crazy Balmer? Steve Balmer. Balmer sees it. They have to make a move. Get rid of Kawhi. Rebuild whatever. And Kawhi, we're waiting for you, bro.
1: I'll take you to Prime. I'll take you to Barton G's. I own me. If you want to buy a Donkitz jersey, you'd uh, you'd have it for the next twenty years. I mean, kids twenty two years old. I mean, it's special. That's that's a jersey you invest in.
3: Hawking Crowder keeping it going. Solana, of course, he tore his ACL, so he is out for a while. He had surgery yesterday. It was supposed to have gone successful. Keeping him in our thoughts. Solana, if you are listening, get better. Get back here. Get back to action, but get better. Take your time. We got you held down here, but we do want you back as fast as possible. I do want you to come back. I'm going to be back tomorrow at 6 o'clock. If you can't wait till then, social media, at Dan Day Radio. That's Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. And like I was telling Hawk and Crowder the other day, if anybody wants OnlyFans and is willing to pay for it, I'm willing to do OnlyFans. If you want to do some trivia tonight, 8 o'clock, the spot is Duffy's in Plantation. It is always a wild, fun party at Duffy's in Plantation. Come on down, 8 o'clock. We'll get the trivia started. I'll be yelling into a microphone, running around, getting answers, joking around, maybe drinking a pint of Guinness here and there. It's a good time. Duffy's implantation. Once again, for all the details on that, at Dan Day Radio and all the social media platforms, except for OnlyFans, because I haven't gotten any demand for it yet. If you want to listen to music and you want to listen to anything on demand, the Odyssey app is the place to go. In fact, you can listen to this show or any of the shows featured on this show by go to the Odyssey app. You can also go wherever you get your podcast for absolutely free. Or you can go to our website, wqam.com. Yes, Thursday. Got a Portland game tonight. Ooh, a Lakers game tonight. You got to wake up early tomorrow. That's okay. Joe Rose will get you up in the morning. It's not a problem. We're going to keep rocking. We're going to keep rolling. If you want to come out to Duffy's and watch the game and play some trivia, once again, 8 o'clock is when we get started. It's always a party, it's always two for one. That's what also keeps it going, a party. Always a very good time. Once again, I know I say it a lot in a very short period of time. If you need more details, nice and slow for you at Dan Day Radio. I will get you taken care of and get you ready for your Friday and then your weekend because tomorrow's a feel good Friday right here on 560 The Joe Radio Rewind. Later, Slug.